0: And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global.com forward advantage. And the reason that we want to hook them into reading the rest of it, and this is the last piece that a lot of people miss as well, is giving a call to action. So letting our prospect or our reader or our viewer know what is the next step, because they might think, wow, this is great content, and then move along with their day. But we actually want to invite them to join us in the next phase, which is the subscription phase.
1: Yeah. And this is where we're sort of saying, hey, would you like to learn more? About this thing, or grab this quick resource now. If we if we keep in mind that all of our prospects are trying to move from pain point that they recognise to payoff, mm-hmm. right? They don't really care. They don't really care about the process, <laughs> luckily, but they want to go from pain to payoff.
0: Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast. I'm your co host for Thursday, Tim Hyde, and I'm joined as always by the wonderful Samantha Riley.
0: Hey Tim, great to be here for another Thursday.
1: Absolutely. Now, uh, just off air for a second ago, you called me the sled master.
0: <laughs> you don't need to share what happens behind the scenes. Oh my
1: God, this is the blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to This Reads Blooper Reel. Now, actually, what we are going to talk about today is actually a really important topic that I think a lot of businesses get wrong and business owners get wrong. And not necessarily from a lack of understanding that we need this thing, mm-hmm. but it's where I think most people leave a lot of opportunity on the table. And that's really understanding how to create an effective um, customer pipeline, or prospect pipeline, which some people also call a funnel, right? Mm-hmm. It's how we move our customers or our prospects from unaware to actually sort of opening up their wallets and allowing us to sort of take some money out.
0: Mm. And today we're going to talk about not just what it is and explain the different parts of this, but a lot of the problems that we see, as you already mentioned, Tim, that, you know, leaves a lot of money on the table, but it could be all sorts of opportunities that are being left on the table if we don't really get each of these four separate pieces, you know, I say right, but really they kind of work together, right? They work together like a system. So it's just essentially getting our people to take the next step.
1: Yeah. Now, before we jump into into the steps, um, Sam, I just want to sort of frame, I guess, people's thinking about why this is important. Okay, mm-hmm. there's two things I think people should should think about um, as they go into this. Right, firstly, the success of your business where it is right now is a result of everybody who said yes, right, and followed the path of least resistance. Okay, not the dropped out. So if you think about it a little bit like a, a, a funnel, you know, a kitchen funnel with lots of holes drilled in it, there's a lot of people who fell out along the process between becoming aware of who you are and buying a product or service from you. Okay, so that's the first thing, all right? That the success of your business is is based on people who said yes and followed the path of least resistance. Mm. Most people said no. Okay, the second thing that people should be aware of is that about half... Of everybody who inquires about a product product or service, or yes in, you know, does a Google search or looks it up at some point, will buy within 18 months from somebody. Now, ideally, we'd like those people to buy from us. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's two things we need to remember, those two things remember. And the second one I think particularly is that there is this massive, I guess, amount of opportunity in our pipelines that we're probably leaving untapped.
0: Actually, I'd like to add one more thing. I think there's a third thing, and that's a lot of people talk about needing more leads, and sometimes it's not a leads problem. Sometimes, as you were just talking about, Tim, it's like a colander where people are falling out of the holes. Sometimes if you've got more leads, if this prospect pipeline isn't working well, all of those leads are just going to fall straight back out. So you need to make sure that when you're getting those leads that you are able to hold on to them to turn them into customers.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely critical. I think a couple of episodes ago, Sam, we talked about a, a web developer that I've been working with and, you know, connected to 500 business owners on LinkedIn. And it's reasonable to assume that all 500 of those businesses will have rebuilt their site some point in the next five years. Mm-hmm. Right? And yet people, I think we think, you know, if we break those down on a sort of, you know, on a, on a bell curve or a sort of sliding scale that roughly, you know, eight to 10 of those people every single month will be in the market for a new website mm-hmm. right? over the next five years. Now, if we look at it like that... and and starting to look at those opportunities, you know, are we tapping into all those opportunities or not? Mm. Or are they sort of skipping us by because we haven't got an effective prospect pipeline in place that takes advantage of those opportunities?
0: Absolutely.
1: And many of us, as you said, will chase, I need more leads, need more leads. And we'll suddenly build our portfolio, you know, our connections up to 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 10,000, whatever the number happens to be you know, and just sort of be like spiders sitting in the middle of the web, waiting for someone to sort of fly into the middle and go, yep, come here, I'm going to I want to
0: grab you. Hmm. Um, so, I guess I want to pre-frame this and I'm sure you'll be with me, Tim, is that I want everyone that's listening to this episode today to instead, just for the next half hour or so, to switch off from thinking I need more leads and to start to think about what are the problems that I've got in my pipeline at different stages. So, let's break these four steps down. There's four steps, like you said, Tim, the awareness step, the education subscription and conversion.
1: Yep. So let's start off with... Yeah, here's the thing. If we skip these steps, we actually sabotage our opportunities. And the more steps we skip, the more likely it is that we sabotage our opportunities.
0: Absolutely. And my guess is that you're not going to have just one of these things wrong that we're going to be talking about. So start to think about everything that's happening in your business. But the first first stage is awareness. So this is how a prospect, or they're not even a prospect at this stage. This is someone... Who just falls in you know just sort of lands on your your content they might find out about you through a referral maybe they see an ad or maybe they search for your service Um, but there it's where they first become aware that you even exist
1: yeah and there's going to be lots of people who are doing the same thing right so this is typically your advertising or your your outward facing marketing and there is lots of that right so you could be sitting in traffic and there's a you know there's a a sign on the back of the bus you know many of us have seen people stick a little sticker to the side door of the car, right? Or, or have the car wrapped. You could do skywriting if you wanted to kind of make people aware of your thing. Radio, you know, every time we turn the radio on, in you know, every couple of minutes, there's an ad for something. And that's how we first become aware of these things. And where we've got good marketing, it's 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 typically sort of poking a problem, isn't it? Mm, 100%. You know, that awareness needs to be focused on a problem, not on a solution. Mm-hmm. And yet so much of it's focused on solution, which is, actually comes later in our pipeline.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right? So if we get the problem right, understand what our, our our avatar's problem is, and we kind of push towards that, they're going to be more aware of that. Oh, that's a problem I've got. Yep. And I now associate your brand with that problem and be able to solve that problem.
0: Actually, just before we go on to the second step, I wanted to really hone in and, and really shine a light on what you've just said there, Tim, because... A lot of people are afraid to talk about problems and negative things. They like to talk about positive things all the time. But if we don't even realize that we've, sometimes we don't even realize we've got a problem. We really need to be, like you said, poking the bear. We really need our prospects or they're not even, like I have said, they're not even prospects here yet, but we really need them to understand that there is a problem that they need to address.
1: Yeah. Look, I've got a, I've got a really cool role. I think that 3% of the people in the market are ready to buy right now. Um, next 7% are aware they've got a problem and they're in that research mode. And mm-hmm. um, the next 30% after that are aware they've probably got a problem, but not in research mode. Okay, it's not a priority mm-hmm. for them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as we talked just before we started, Sam about going, the kids going back to school soon. Yes, I have a problem right now is that my son needs new shoes because he doesn't fit into them anymore.
0: You've got an even bigger problem. Have you seen the queues at the shoe stores? at the I oh, know,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. so that's a that's a bigger that's a bigger priority in my problems, but it doesn't mean that I'm not aware of other problems that I've got. Mm-hmm. Okay in my business, right? The next 30% down are probably not aware that they've got a problem, right? They might have it, but they're not aware of it. Mm -hmm. And I think the last 30% of people you don't want anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's not what we're talking about today. So that's that's the first phase. That's the awareness phase. That's how people start to know that we even exist. So after this, the second phase is the education phase. This is now people know that we exist we have to educate them on how we can help them. So this is done through blogs or FAQs, cheat sheets, flyers, podcasts, just like this, maybe media, but we're educating our prospects on what their problems are and how they can work with us or how they can solve those problems.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one here, Sam, that we're actually teaching our customers how to buy from, not only teaching our customers how to buy from us, but then also positioning ourselves as the experts who can solve that problem. In mm. a most efficient and effective way. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what this educational stage is really about.
0: Absolutely. Because I think this is where a lot of people fall down is that they assume that people know what they do because as entrepreneurs, as business owners, where doing our thing all day, every day. And sometimes we can forget that someone else isn't. And some, you know, it feels like some days, I'm sure you would agree, Tim, it feels like you say the same thing 50 times over. And you can get into the habit of thinking, oh, I've just repeated myself so many times, not realizing that you have repeated yourself, but it's with a different person every time.
1: Yeah, I have a uh, a rule, particularly for sort of face to face networking when people are in their forty or sixty second pitch or whatever it happens to be, is that that just when you get sick of saying it is about the time that your customer goes, oh, is that what you do?
0: <laughs> oh, that is so tragically true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So stage three is is around around subscription. And this is not getting your customer to buy from you. It's getting them that first exchange of value. Right. Mm. So you've been giving your customer lots of value in terms of education, right, and, and, and teaching them how not to, you know, how to solve the problem, but um that you that you can do it. The next stage is really about um getting them to opt in for something, you know, an exchange of value. We want their contact details in exchange for something, right? So um this is where your landing pages are really important you know your opt-ins you know your newsletter that sort of stuff your lead magnets are really important as well but you can also do things in here like you know workshops or webinars mm-hmm. so this is really starting to come down into more of the middle of our funnel where we're starting to go and exchange a value previously we've just been giving everything away now we're starting to ask for something in return mm. and typically it's that prospect's contact details and the right to continue to build a relationship with them
0: yeah so this is the stage where we're thanking them for being in our world and saying and here's the next step if you want the next thing if you want the next answer if you want to do whatever it is next this is what you do so we're leading them to the next step
1: yep okay now last stage is that conversion stage yeah, but this the is the conversion stage is all about that transition from customer to a client and getting them onto that one on one call or conversion or, or sales page with us, where that we can start the exchange, you know, actually create that commercial transaction.
0: All right, so that's a nice quick walkthrough around the four stages of the prospect pipeline. Now, Tim, let's talk about some of the problems that we see.
1: Actually, I guess the problem with awareness that I see most often is that we're probably just not committing enough. Mm-hmm. I, and I've got this picture in my head every time I, I, I think of this space and, and when I talk to clients, I just have this visual image of my, in my head of like a rocket ship trying to fly to the moon, and then we don't put enough fuel in it for it to leave the atmosphere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once it's left the atmosphere, it's like super easy to get to the moon, but <laughs> getting out of the Earth's atmosphere is actually really hard. And often we, I think when we're trying to build awareness, we don't put enough res- you know, time, resources, dollars into that awareness campaign that our prospect even knows who we are. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And we're bombarded with thousands, if not tens of thousands of different messages every single day. And we've got to buy or earn the right for mindshare in that, you know, in in amongst all those other messages.
0: Yeah. I think that commitment is definitely part of being consistent. Uh, And I know that I see a lot of people are not consistent because they don't have the confidence to be continually putting themselves out there or, or their product or their service or their their content. They feel like they're not good enough. But here's the thing that you need to commit to doing it on a consistent basis and get the practice so that you do get the confidence and you do have the mastery. And there's only one way that confidence and mastery comes and that's through consistent commitment and practice.
1: Heaven forbid we do the work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, don't get me started.
1: <laughs> right. One of the other problems I see with awareness is the wrong bait and wrong pond mm-hmm. syndrome. Okay? Yeah, if we don't put a message that resonates, and I think again, with, I think with one of these things we've talked about before, that we've not only looking at who our customer avatar is, but we've got to be, we've got to create an attractive avatar that appeals to that customer as well. Mm. And if we put that avatar in the wrong channel, our ideal prospect never gets to see it.
0: Absolutely. Think about if you were selling or you were trying to sell Ferraris and you know, maybe I was trying to sell Ferraris and I came to you and said, Tim, I just can't sell any. And you're like, well, that's crazy, Sam. I just sold like 20 last week. What are you, where are you going to sell them? I said, well, you know, I just went to the schoolyard. Well, of course I'm not gonna sell Ferraris in the schoolyard. It's about okay. making sure that you've got
1: Which school you go to, Sam.
0: <laughs> well, it's the parents it's like going to the schoolyard at lunchtime then, Tim. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. But it is okay, and, and we we've talked about a number of different channels that you can use before. But if I'm, you know, dealing exclusively with an online audience, there's no point in me investing in, you know, getting a, a wrap on my car. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just not going to build awareness with the market you want to want to reach. Mm-hmm. You know, don't put advertising on local radio or TV if your market isn't watching radio or TV. Absolutely. And look that really comes back to understanding you know that messaging, right? making sure that's on point.
0: Cool. So that's all around the problems that we see in the awareness phase. but what about the education phase?
1: Look, this is one that we do, I think, without really understanding why we do it. So often I've worked with clients who say someone told me I needed to do this but I'm not really sure what it's supposed to deliver.
0: Actually, that's a you've, that's a really great pickup, Tim, because you're dead right. That is what a lot of people say. I don't understand why I'm doing this. So if you're thinking I don't want to be putting this content out, I don't I don't understand why. It's because of this phase. It's the education phase.
1: Yeah, and look, it happens at all levels of business. It doesn't matter whether you're a one person business or you know have ten thousand staff. You know the same sorts of challenges. You know, and and the first of that is, is really around our messaging, right? Being on point, right? Not speaking to everybody. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we think particularly at smaller businesses, we start to think we need to try and attract everybody. Mm-hmm. We don't, okay? If we, if we know who we're speaking to that one person, and I always think having a, you know, a, a little sort of avatar cheat sheet you know, stuck mm-hmm. above your computer somewhere that every time you create content or someone on your team creates content, they've got that avatar, you know, sitting there, you know, with a photo, even if you want to kind of... Well, that's... On the oh, internet I, ...for a photo and say, I'm talking to Dave right now. Right? And Dave does this. I've
0: In an upcoming episode, I'm chatting to Alison Lex, and this is something that we were talking about, the fact that both of us have our avatars listed out with a photo there, with a name, so anyone understands straight away, oh, we're talking to, you know, we're talking to Sylvia today or whoever it is, we're talking to Jack. And instead of trying to talk to Sylvia and Jack in the one letter, we're, we're specifically talking to one person we know what they look like we know what their pain points are
1: yep i'm sorry the other thing i think with education is we need to keep our topic on focus right Mm -hmm. um it is easy to ramble i think we again we were talking off here about if i'm talking about automation i don't want to suddenly switch into talking about fish ponds Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) 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 that's exactly what we were saying
1: (laughs) Uh, don't give away all our trade secrets, um, but unless we're using that, that thing as a metaphor, mm-hmm. um, which might make it a little bit easier to understand, if, you know, to a, to a lay audience.
0: Yeah. So, always making sure that the topic's on point and making that content desirable. Yeah. Um, and providing a hook you had a really cool
1: i, I call it um the attention engagement
0: mm-hmm.
1: we, we want to engage people's attention and if you're a little bit clever you can start to research particularly news outlets and 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 newspapers who do this exceptionally well mm-hmm. trashy magazines <laughs> oh
0: they it? are you know are as much as we don't like them because they are brutal it's actually a really good training ground to really start to understand how you attract that engagement. We don't need to be like a trashy magazine, but understand how to provide that hook to make people stick around.
1: (coughs) Yeah. Ironically, uh, you know, some of those magazines have the highest paid copywriters. the world i'm not surprised (laughs) because they do they want they want to sort of make you pick it up and if you are standing in line at supermarket and you sort of glance at the magazine rack which is always at the exit aisle and and have a glance at the sort of the types of titles that you pick up you will notice some similarities and we can use that intention engagement in our process as well as part of education Mm -hmm. because we need to make sure we've got a really strong headline and a really strong first paragraph in order to hook people into reading the rest of it.
0: Absolutely. And the reason that we want to hook them into reading the rest of it, and this is the last piece that a lot of people miss as well, is giving a call to action. So letting our prospect or our reader or our viewer know what is the next step because they might think, wow, this is great content, and then move along with their day. But we actually want to invite them to join us in the next phase, which is the subscription phase.
1: Yeah. And this is where we're sort of saying, hey, would you like to learn more about this thing or grab this quick resource? Now, if we, if we keep in mind that all of our prospects are trying to move from pain point that they recognize to pay off, mm-hmm. right? They don't, really care. they don't really care about the process, luckily, but they want to go from pain to payoff, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have a process in, in between. Often our default is to actually just, and particularly in sales, we go straight into our process, mm-hmm. right? And we forget the customer doesn't buy the process, they buy the, buy the transition between the yeah. two. And when we're looking at our subscription thing here, one of the first things is in that exchange of value is that we've got an ineffective opt-in. Right. So the thing that we want them to get next in exchange for information isn't valuable enough for them to want to take the step.
0: So what we're talking about here is having someone to put their email address in somewhere. So back, I remember when email first came out, it was like everyone wanted to receive an email, but now it's not quite like that. It's like, oh, if I give you my email, I know that I'm going to get something in my inbox. Is that is that valuable to me right
1: now? Oh, look, I've had three, three conversations just this morning with people who've said, hey, did you get my email? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, not not yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As in you haven't read it yet or you haven't received I haven't, it? I hadn't
1: actually read it yet, but yeah. no, in that case, there was actually three referrals, which was... Oh, which
0: was oh yes. We know who one of them was, don't <laughs> <though> we, Tim? We
1: <laughs> do. Right? But it, it is that, that thing that we, we need to kind of make that next step desirable enough for someone to go, yes, I'm prepared to give you my details mm-hmm. and, and potentially get a, a call from that next step, okay? Mm. So that's where, we, that's where we see sort of most of the problems um, here. And I think the other problem that we see with with the subscription stage is really that lack of nurture. Now, coming back Absolutely. to what we said earlier, that most people, I mean, I think about 15% of people who do buy will buy within the first 90 days, right? They're mm-hmm. at the top, of the, the top of the pile. But we've got to remember that most people, when they come into our funnel, are not yet ready to buy. Mm. And if we don't build a relationship with them for about 18 months or longer, depending on the length of your Uh, the type of product and you have the length of your um, sales cycle again we're sort of we're walking away from the conversation before they're ready to buy Mm -hmm. and to me that just sounds crazy Mm.
0: well there is another problem there if we're not nurturing them they could opt in they could get their free resource if we're not regularly in contact with them 90 days down the track we might decide oh We're going to uh, talk about our product now and the person's thinking, who are you? Where where did you come from? Where did I meet you? Did I even opt into your email list? They've forgotten that you even exist.
1: Yeah, look, I think you and I have both made this mistake ourselves, haven't we?
0: Oh, man, I reckon you and I have probably made, well, <laughs> I reckon at some stage we've probably made all of these because that's how we learn, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you either learn from doing it yourself or you learn from other people's mistakes.
0: Yeah. So, and sometimes- definitely
1: change of value and then lack of nurture. is
0: Totally, easy. totally. Okay, so the f- last step, the, the problems that we see in conversion, and I would say this is the one of the biggest things that I see, is not asking for the sale. It sounds so, so obvious, but it's just not obvious for some people. Not actually saying, hey, I've got this thing. You've got this problem. I can solve it. Would you like to buy my service? Would you like to buy my product? It's that simple.
1: Yeah. And it it can seem a bit scary and confrontational. Um, No one likes being told no until you, and if you need to get used to it, go and practice at the supermarket asking Mm -hmm. for a discount. Mm great place to practice but yeah if we, if we don't ask for the sale all right we're never going to get that next step we can't assume a customer is going to buy look occasionally we can get around this if we've got this sort of um, you know the online product where you don't have the sales conversation but many of us who are listening to this right now will have some form of sales conversation where we need to in our script or in our dialogue that says ask for the sale mm-hmm. right? even if you need to stick a post-it note right, on your phone, or on your wallpaper, or on your computer, or somewhere, and it says, don't forget to ask for the sale. You can't just assume people will buy if we don't ask.
0: Absolutely. And the other problem that we see in conversion is not following up. Because sometimes we may ask for the sale, someone's thinking about it, and we forget to follow up. And while they're thinking about it, they may be reminded by a competitor, oh, we've also got this product, and they go, oh, I'll buy it from you. So we always need to be following up because people are busy. People need time to think about things or, you know, the kids get sick or we have a late night or whatever it is. So we need to be following up constantly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's all of them. So just to to quickly recap on those, all right? So firstly... Awareness stage, right? Making sure that you um, are putting enough collateral out there, um, often enough and consistently enough around education, right? Making sure that our messaging is on point, right? Uh, that the topic, the conversation we're creating is is interesting and engaging to our customers um, through cheat sheets, blogs, flyers, podcasts, whatever it happens to be. We're giving people an effective opt in, an exchange of value through an effective landing page, but also the, I guess, the next thing you're offering, okay, goes into more detail. And then at conversion, inviting the sale and making sure that we follow up with people who don't go ahead straight away
0: totally so what tim and i have talked about today there's there's quite a lot of things that you'll need to look at in your prospect pipeline so what i would challenge you to think about right now or what i'm like ask you to think about right now is what stage do you think you have the most problems in is it the awareness stage is it the education stage the subscription stage or the conversion stage and just focus on sorting out one of those stages to start with because there's so many different pieces to the pie and just really focus in on getting one of those right before you move on to the next. Otherwise, this can be extremely overwhelming and you'll probably walk away just thinking this job's way too hard to
1: fix. I think the cool thing about this is that when you do start to look at it, and I'm I'm lucky in that when I automate a client's business, we kind of break this down and we go to each of these sorts of things. So I'm I'm in this space all day, kind of every day. Um, But when you start to look at it and you sometimes kick yourself and go, ah, that's what I'm missing as part of my strategy or that piece is what I'm missing as part of my strategy. It's actually, you know, if you in the right, go into with the right frame of mind, you can actually start to go, oh my God, we at got all this opportunity my business now. Has, it can be really boring as well.
0: Mm, totally. So what's, what would you like to leave the listeners today with Tim?
1: I um, oh, look, just coming back to those two things I started with at the beginning of the, the episode. So, you know, most people don't buy straight away. We need to kind of build a relationship with them and it's incredibly important to do so. And the success of your business to date has been mm people said yes and took the path of least resistance absolutely and so many of them dropped out of the process and that's where our opportunities really lie to really you know double triple quadruple our business relatively easily
0: mm. and i just want to remind people just think right now if if we handed you 100 leads today where are they going to fall out because that's the best place to start one like that Mm.
1: Now next week. <laughs>
0: yes, next, next week, week we're going to talk about why every entrepreneur needs a support crew.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm intrigued now, but I'm going to find it more episode in the next episode, are not I?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's very, very important because if you can climb a mountain on your own, it's not a very big mountain. So every entrepreneur needs a support crew. So we're going to talk about that.
1: I've never heard that saying before. It's a good one.
0: Oh, my goodness. I think I say it every day. I can't believe I just, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's one of my favourite sayings.
1: Good stuff. All right, guys. Hope you can join us next episode. If you've enjoyed this one, please share, like, comment, um, let us know your thoughts. Or so if you've got any questions that you'd like to see us cover in a future episode, reach out and we'd, uh, we'll give you a bit of a shout out on the show as well.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for listening today. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. But before we go, have you joined us in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook? If not, jump over there right now and connect with other entrepreneurs who are also building and scaling their business. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.